All right, part two, part two, part two. Ooh, I'm excited. Part one was awesome. You know, our dear brother took us on a, a joy ride. So I'm excited for what he's about to share with us on part two. Adney, I just want to hear your thoughts. Just a few thoughts about part one. Let's do a quick, quick recap of what you recall that that touched your heart. Uh, just, just hearing him, his his fervor, his love, his passion for the Lord is one of the things that um that touched me the most because you never see young men his age really have that fire in the in the pit of them for God. And I'm grateful and thankful for his parents just reading the word to him. They planted seeds, not realizing that those seeds would yield such amazing fruit to the point this young man desires to work for God, no matter what it is, no matter the storm, that he will continue to fight for the kingdom of God. So those are the things that that stuck out to me in part one. Man. Yeah. What I like about his story, he talked about, and, and he probably mentioned it for what I'm about to say, he talked about the power of the church. So he said, yeah, although the word was in him, he had to go to someone's church building. Um, the power of that fellowship or that uh, that unity and even the environment. So even though that he said the way that he was dressed, he sat all the way to the back, but he acknowledged um, the power of being in the presence, uh, not only with God, but also with God's people. So, cause some, you know, nowadays, you know, folks are under the notion that that church or the church building is irrelevant uh, because of what transpired, you know, with the uh, pandemic. But in actuality, it is really real good, you know, when when saints come together, um, not only to worship God, but also to worship God as a unit, as a whole, and also to fellowship. So I, I like how he pointed and put it, put emphasis on on the fellowship. But hey, let's get right into it. Part two. Okay, so you started um, when you introduced yourself. You said that you were married and you're currently divorced and you went through a storm. And I'm always a, a person that believes that the wilderness is necessary. So I need you to share with our audience during that wilderness time, like what was going on in your mind? Like what caused you to, because I think you said you kind of strayed for a little bit. Was it that wilderness time that caused you to? So take our audience to that moment. Before the divorce, I was a preacher for eight years. I was preaching full time two years. Like it's a whole story Go ahead. before that. So boom, I get out of my first wilderness, the wilderness of transition, the first transition period of me coming out of Egypt initially, quote unquote, coming out of the coming out of uh, the bondage of slavery before baptism and even under baptism, you know, going through the wilderness and going through the trial and tribulations. I, um, so I move, I meet a preacher and I end up leaving the, the church that I changed from. Um, and Nick knows this, I won't go into details, but I end up leaving that congregation and meeting a preacher and wanting to preach. I moved to Kentucky, go there for a little bit, come back all in the same, like within a few months, come back, get married and then move back to Kentucky. And then I moved to Missouri and I was in a preacher training program for about seven to eight months. And I went through a lot. I mean, if I if my faith wasn't strong, I would have fell away because I was living with a preacher who was ungodly. He was teaching me, but his attitude and, and disrespect and his his anger and different things like that 
And I was living in the preacher. I was married, living in the preacher training house with three other trainee preachers and a preacher in the middle of Missouri, two hours away from the nearest mall, working at McDonald's with my wife, flipping burgers with me in the back and my wife in the front. But I'm doing it because I want to learn how to preach. And so I was on a preaching circuit, preaching in St. Louis, East St. Louis, Springfield, the the boot here, the boot cut, Fort Leonard Wood. That's by the base, the, the army base in St. Robert. I've um um the Lake of the Ozarks. I was just preaching three times. I was preaching sometimes at three churches in one day, like three different churches, and they were all an hour apart from each other. And you know, I was going through it with uh my what would be would have been my new wife. She wasn't really, you know, used to that. Like she was from the city, Atlanta. And she didn't really know everything. You know what I'm saying? So she was like, man. So I, I was going through a tough time with her because she's like, man, you got me out here. And I'm just trying to get her to trust the process. And I'm trying to trust my own process. And I had my regrets, but I learned so much through that. And I end up, long story short, I was preaching. I got a chance to baptize one person because um, a lot of these churches were small and it was like people who went there. Like they were already in the church, but I end up baptizing this one. It was a white guy. I baptized him in a creek. Like we went into the creek fully. He went fully dressed. I never forget preaching. He was like, man, I'm like, I was like, you ready to get baptized? He's like, yeah. I was like, go change your clothes. He said, man, you've been preaching to me week in and week out. I'm going in with all my clothes and I'm not from the wait. This man went in the baptize. He went in the creek with boots on it, like cowboy, like he a country boy, boots on and everything, jeans. I'm like, man, you, <laughs> but I understood though. We, we do everything else with clothes on and clothes off and everything. He's like, man, I got to go get baptized. So end up falling out with them. Um, and not with him, but with the, who I came there with the preacher from Kentucky, Aaron Earhart, a good brother of mine. He just, uh, got a new work, uh, North Point Church of Christ or North Point Church in Taylorsville, um, Taylorsville. Uh, Kentucky, just right outside Louisville. Good brother. Um, um, yeah. So he came back the church there. They paid for him to get a van and he came, drove six hours from me, six hours and picked me and my wife up. They had helped me get an apartment. And then over time, the next couple of years, um, oh, my son was born in 2012. So this was all in 2011, 2012 comes, um, early 2012. I, I, um, I um I moved back. We have a child, and I'm in the church. I'm doing appointment preaching, so I preach when the preacher's not there. Yada yada yada. Uh, I was having a little turmoil in my marriage, going through the ups and downs. But you know, to me, it's just ups and downs of marriage. And um, time went on. You know, 2012 all the way up until 2019 when I separated. But I preached two years full time. Um, I went through a lot, you know, being a preacher and I felt unappreciated in ways by the congregation. Um, I felt I, I had to come home and I had turmoil in my marriage. Sometimes we didn't see eye to eye. And, you know, I think the world was pulling on at her. And one thing I can say is like, I think I was moving a little bit too far ahead of her. Like she was not as convinced and not as sold out for God as I was. And 
I was so caught up in my ministry and so caught up in the things that I was doing that like, I, you know, and, and just, and I'm young, like I'm 21. I got married at 21, like I'm 22. I was just in the hood selling dope two years before that. You know what I'm saying? Like everything happened like boom, 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 bam. And, and I skipped some processes and, but I still was like, God, all things work together for good. So God was still working in that. And I think, you know, a lot of the turmoil what led up to everything is I'm not just going to blame me, but as the head of the household, like I take a lot of the blame because I see where I could have been a better husband and I could have. Uh, and that doesn't mean that it still would have went well, because at the end of the day, Christ was around some disciples and apostles and they and some of them still folded, and he was Christ. So it's either you go sometimes it's just either you you even if I was good, you know, maybe that. You know, the enemy can get the best to the best of us. So I'm not going to try to I blame myself for a lot, but I, I do. Um, I'm not going to take all of the blame because we're all responsible to God. But I do think that. Um, just. Everything together led up to my next wilderness is what you want to talk about, what you want to talk about, uh, sis. And. I get fired from preaching because I disagreed with some things, not because of nothing crazy. I just disagreed with some things. The congregation was older. They were very, very conservative. And uh, I, I, I started realizing some things and I'm like, look, you know, this is this. So I end up that with that. Um, man, I, I, I went through something. And. I, I guess I don't, I want to say that for another conversation, but, and I'm not going to get into the details of my marriage, but anyway, um, I went through some things in my marriage. I had to deal with some hurtful things. That's just what I'm going to say while as a preacher and I had to overcome that. And then, um, I'm a knowledge seeker. So I learned some things about the, uh, I began to hear some other things that were going against the Bible and some other knowledges and all of these different things. And I began to doubt the word. Long story short, I came out of that doubt because I'm a, I'm a student. So I wanted to see if those things had valid reasons. Like they were trying to say the the Bible contradict itself. And they were talking about the Bible before the Bible came this and that and Egyptology and Kemet and all this other stuff. So I went in and I think I had that those little seeds of doubt is what ultimately led up to me, the enemy getting in. But what kept me there is because I, I began to keep studying and to see whether these things held weight. And as I began to study and unravel and go back to the sources, I saw that they didn't have, it wasn't everything they were saying and they were mixing up some stories and some things that they were saying that was said about their faiths and their knowledges wasn't true. When you go back to the original sources, um, I began to look at all of the things that verified and validated the Bible. And I think that's another thing I just want to, as a parenthetical statement for those of you who might be on the borderline or who might think the Bible is tampered with or been changed. Like, don't, don't just, you can go to YouTube and you can read a million books. A lot of people say, oh, that was written by men. All the other books you get and all the other information from was written by men and all them YouTube videos were written by men and said by men. So you need to hold those people to the same standard that you do the Bible. And I think it's unfair that people take everybody else's word for it. And then every time somebody comes to say something about God and Yahweh's word, 
It's like, okay, I'm jumping ship. No. The same videos they got saying negative things and the same books that saying negative, it's a thousand more YouTube videos that validate it and show you through archaeological evidence, through scientific, the real laws of science proof, through other people, through testimonies, through its own validity and the scriptures and all of that. So, but me going through turmoil and church hurt coupled with an ounce of doubt, coupled with a broken marriage, coupled with me bending to certain things when it came to my significant other. See, the enemy will get you. And not to say that person might not be evil, but it starts off as something friendly. And a lot of times as men or even as women, we want to appease our spouses. And sometimes we have been the word and we'll start engaging in some little small activities that we think is harmless to make them happy. And I think that's very important. And I'm reminded of what Paul says. He says, because of these uh, different tribulations and turmoil in the world, he whether that we be how he is without a spouse, because the per and the person who has a spouse is have to care about the things of the spouse and their their interests can be divided. And I think that's what a lot of things that led on to me to my decline, you know, and that's why it's, it's the big thing. And it's not to down my, my spouse, but if you're if you're strong and you want to grow, make sure that you have somebody that's on your same level or that's just as convicted as you. Because if you're not, you will have, I mean, just like Job's wife, and I'm not saying that's her, but just like Job's wife, he's trying to hold the fort down. He lost everything. But the person he kept alive was that spouse. He took everything else except the main person that he thought that probably could get to him was the person that says, curse God and die, which is, was his wife. Uh, and that can be in the form of a cousin, a wife, a mom, a dad, or whatever. I'm just using that. Um, but yeah, like that's what led to it, brother Nick and sis. Like that's what led to it. Like I would say, regardless of the spouse situation and regardless of what I went through with the church, I doubted God and I doubted his word and the little bit of doubt that I have that caused me to doubt prayer, that caused me to doubt the word, that caused me to. And then once I did that, some of those branches on my tree and, and them roots and, and my bark started bending and breaking. And ultimately, when I when I left from around the brethren and started becoming bitter toward brethren and I started looking inwardly and I stopped trusting God's word and trusting in the power of prayer and trusting in the power and providence of God. And then bad company being around, moving back to Florida from from Kentucky. I moved back to Florida in that same old environment at a broken and weak state. So now I'm in Sodom and Gomorrah, broken, weak, bitter, going through separation from a wife. He chewed me up and spit me out, bro. The enemy. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week. And that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. 
Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. Man, so how do you get back, Steve? Um, so I know you say you doubted God's word, because there might be someone on here, you know, they may listen to this podcast that's doubting, that's still doubting God's word. So how do you overcome that? Like, how do you overcome doubting God's word? Like, could you walk us through that process to help that individual, what you went through to overcome those doubts? Yeah. Sometimes when we start to doubt and you got all these YouTube videos and you got all these naysayers, sometimes we feed into the naysayers and we feed into the doubt and we go search out information that feeds those doubts instead instead of being balanced. And to find out the things to validate what we already believe to be true, we go all the way to the other side and we start looking up the Bible we've been tampered with. And you got all these people, yeah, the Bible's been tampered with and it's contradict. And they don't really understand and know the Bible. You know what I'm saying? But me continuing to study God's word and study the truths, even outside of the God's word, you can, like, I understood, uh, I knew what extra biblical proofs were. A extra biblical proof is that which proves the Bible outside of the Bible. Because a lot of people be like, oh, you got that Bible. All you do is to prove the Bible. No, there's historical evidence. There's archaeological evidence. There's laws of science. There's a whole creation science museum in Kentucky that proves that the world was created by God. And then just studying to see what those people were believing. Because there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you doubt, you know, some people have doubts. But don't just get lazy and become intellectual. Yeah, Thomas doubted. Yeah, <laughs> don't become intellectually lazy. The reason, the difference between Thomas and the reason, the difference between everybody else is Thomas said, "Let me see," and he said, "Let me well, touch my side and touch my hands." You know what I'm saying? Here it is. So I basically touch God's hands and His by me studying to studying more. But you got to be careful because the rabbit hole can go real deep and take you away if you're not true, if you're not if you don't know how what to look for. That's true. And the enemy capitalizes on our ignorance and he can make us think that certain things that sound true on the surface, we start thinking they're true, but when you go underneath the surface, those things don't hold any weight. And so me just being a student that I am and me just not forgetting the word like and I think that's why you need to be in the word because the word of God is not like any other. It's not like the Quran. It's not like all that Egyptian stuff on those walls. It's so deep and it and it, it backs itself up that. And I think a lot of people, it's easy for them to go astray because they haven't read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, First and Second Kings, First and Second Samuel, Hosea, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Jeremiah, Isaiah. They haven't been through there. So before you start doubting God, go through there first. And I think that's what held me down and held my roots down. Like, I done been through there so much. It's like, yeah, this stuff ain't working. It sound all right. But as I begin to study and keep going through it, you know, um, I it, it just, I was doubting. And even with the world and me falling short, I was anchored in that word and anchored in those truths that I found about the word outside of the word. And that kept my roots in. And so like a palm tree, 
those category four wins came and I was linked over, but it just didn't break. And so Steve, this is in closing. So see, you had your dad and you had sister Douglas to kind of like guide you through um, a relationship with God, at least to the church. Right. So you end up getting all this wisdom throughout the years. Right. So what would you tell your young, younger self? If, if you were like all this wisdom that you got now, Compared to the things that you didn't know, compared to the things that you do know, what would you tell your younger self? Because I know you said you had to go through a process and there's some things you, 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 you skip some years. You, instead of like going through that process, you, you kind of like skipped a few years instead of like waiting. So what would you tell your younger self? Um, I would tell my younger self to what Proverbs said, bro, plant wise counsel. When we're young, we think we know everything. And our mamas and daddies be telling us, slow down on that marriage. Watch out for that company you keep. Bad company ruins good morals. First Corinthians 15, 33. I know what I'm talking about. I know this. Man, I'm 21 years old. You don't know nothing, bro. You you know some things, but they the, the Bible says fools despise wisdom and hate knowledge. And I took a lot of knowledge in and I took a lot of wisdom in. But there were some things that I was doing and I was being hard headed and I was going head first into some things thinking that I had all the sense. Trust the people who've been there before. Trust the process. And if you don't have anybody to tell you and you don't have any guidance. Let Moses be your example to listen to wise counsel and listen to God. Let Job be your wise counsel. Let David and him falling short because of his sins in the flesh. Let that be your wise counsel. Let Joseph who went through the wilderness and who was sold into slavery by his brothers and who was rejected by his kinsfolk. Let him, how he um, ditched Potter for wife because of moments of sin and how that could have led to bigger problems in his life. If he didn't trust God, let that be your example. Let Paul, who was hard-headed when he was Saul, who thought he was going against God's, thought he was working for God and thought he had all the sense and trust in the traditions of men, but had to get knocked down off his high horse to let him know to humble himself and follow Christ. Let that be your example. And listen to your mom, listen to your dad, listen to your grandmothers and grandpa and your people that have been there before you, man. And like trust in God that he knows best. Because if you start trusting in yourself, and lean into your own understanding, you will fall into destruction. And that pride that we have as children, that pride leads us and plunges us into a lot of foolish violence. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, foolish, foolishness and uh, uh, just debauchery. And and, and we, we find ourselves in a bigger mess than if we would have just listened beforehand. You know, the Bible says plan succeeds in the face of, and I'm paraphrasing, with many counselors, um, plan succeeds. And I say I'll let to say this too, something I missed, and I know we're wrapping it up, bro, but when I came back to Florida, man, I just want y'all to know that because of that doubt and because of me not trusting in prayer and because of me falling out with brethren and allowing church hurt to keep me away from God, that this uh, when I first came to Florida when I was in 2019, in the middle of 2019, I was going through separation. I was on fire for God when I first went down there. I was bringing people to church every Sunday. Um, one of my little cousins, I was bringing to church, a sister in Christ where I fell away. 
bad company. I start getting, I, I didn't follow the, the word. I got around bad company. Instead of leaning on God and leaning on the people of God, I started leaning on my friends in the world. I started leaning on marijuana for my comfort. And because of that, it put me into certain arenas with people. And that goes back to Psalm 1, where it says, blessed is the man who stands not in the way of sinners, nor sin the seat of scoffers, but his law. I, I began to sit in those areas. And guess what? Uh, I think it's uh, Tupac Shakur who said it. He said, if you if you got good in, in you and, and you got light in you, it's not good to play in the dark because the darkness would overcome you. And no matter how strong I was, like Solomon in his old age, God told him not to go after strange women and people. And he ended up the guy who read Proverbs, who wrote Proverbs, Ecclesiastes and sung Solomon in his old age with all that wisdom. He fell short. And that's what happened to me. Y'all, I was going to strip clubs. I hadn't been in the strip club. Since I was 18 years old, 17 years old, I had preached and did all this wonderful stuff. I preached for full time for two years, but at my most vulnerable moment, I went around the wrong crowd. I doubted God. I was bitter towards God's people. I was bitter toward God. I started looking inwardly and started making it about me. Forgetting that trials and tribulations strengthened me. And that's the time I was supposed to get closer to God. I was going to strip clubs, not necessarily like all into them, but just there because the other people went there thinking that I was strong enough. Stop thinking you're strong enough to play with fire and not get burnt. And even to this day, I play with it sometimes, but, and I'm still not perfect. And I'm still like, I'm still tainted by the wilderness, y'all. Like I'm going to services and I'm going through the process still, but I'm still tainted low key. Because of all of that filth, I just came to Dallas January and I moved to Dallas to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah, out of South Florida. I moved here to do that. And I've been going to worship service ever since. But I wasn't going to worship service. I I separated myself. Listen, man, I was clubbing, smoking eight to nine times, net nine joints a day. I was drinking every I was drinking, drinking, but not like heavy, heavy. But I was drinking. I was surrounding myself. I was in back in the trap again. You talking about a preacher, man, who was just preaching a year before that. You're going to make a great comeback. And I know God is using you to do mighty, mighty and powerful things. So I want you to share, man, where can our listeners find you? Because I, I know you're doing some great works and I'm going to give you the opportunity to, to share that with our listeners, what you're involved in, what you're doing and what are all your platforms that you engage in? OK, yeah. Oh, uh, you guys can follow me on TikTok at Team 1KINCTEAM. Uh, the number one, the letter K I N C for incorporated. That's on TikTok. I'm on Instagram at Team One K Incorporated. I uh, and my other, my other, like my YouTube. That's that's in the bio as well. Um, I got merch. I'm gonna come out with. Um, and it's basically I'm doing like a spiritual urban wear. So I'm trying to um attack like all of the 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 wickedness that people are putting on urban wear. Like I'm going to have like thought provoking messages and I have my, you go there, you'll see my logo. It got a cross in the middle of the one K and basically one K denotes in Florida. One K is basically keeping it real, keeping it 100. You know what I'm saying? Being true. And so I'm going, I'm that one K basically, basically denotes keeping it 1000, keeping it 1000 and um, basically showing people what one K really is. That's love. That's integrity. That's rocking with God. Because ultimately, you know what I'm saying? 
you can't really be real unless you be with the author of who created what's real and what's true and what's honest. And so my brand is dedicated to us like creating a positive dialogue between races, race reconciliation, conflict resolution, mental health, relationships, parenting. And it all comes about through just helping people not go through some of the things I went through and enlightening people of how to get through the journey. So Team 1K, my name is Steven Rembert. That's on my IG as well. You can follow me on Facebook. I got a bunch of old videos. If you go back into my video archive of a bunch of Facebook lives that I used to do. And I'm also starting a podcast, Team 1K, you know, that's coming soon. And I'll be working with you guys. I'll be working with you guys in the future too, bro, Lord willing. So we'll be rocking together. They'll hear more of me, Lord willing. Amen, amen. Y'all check them out. Y'all check them out. Team 1K, Steve Rembert, brother Steve Rembert. Again, man, I want to thank you again, man, for joining us uh, on this wonderful podcast, man. I know Adney is glad we finally got a hold of you. And look, I was blessed. I was just sitting back listening to your story, man, just hearing all the things that you went through and are going through, because I believe we could still work while we're wounded, because it is when we're weak then God get the glory and God will give you the strength in order to do things. It's not when we think we got it all together. Then then that's when pride kick in. So I, I like when God sometimes has to humble me when I'm weak because I know that's where, where I'm made strong. Yeah, so um, look, man, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful again for, for you coming on this wonderful platform. And remember, listeners, that remember that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords. Be blessed. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe, and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also, Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day by believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized. You will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.